Hello, welcome to this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Andy Anderson. And we're here to talk about the Michigan victory over Michigan State in the rivalry game by a score of 32-23. to Well, Andy, that was kind of a wild one. What did you think? I was related. Anytime you beat Michigan State at in Spartan Stadium, you've done a good thing. I was disappointed that the defense didn't play better, and I was disappointed that again this year, like last year, the offense, when it came to crunch time, could not move the ball for a first down. So this is a team that I can't quite get a handle on. They look great against some of the softer opponents, but they don't look quite so good against the good opponents. So I don't think we really know where the Wolverines are yet, except that now, they're undefeated in all these games, which is a good thing. I, uh, I was disappointed that they didn't score more. Three of those field goals, if one of those or two of those had been a touchdown, the Spartans would be shut up. But they've been going pretty wild with how good they are and how they came back and how good they played with against the, the number two team in the country and blah, blah, blah. But anyway... Uh, Paul Bunyan trophy is ours, if that means anything to anybody. And it seems to mean something to Jabril Peppers because they're giving a small one, a little replica out to each of the players, which I think was a kind of nice thing. And he seems excited about that. In fact, he seems excited about the win. And he was perfectly happy with the game. Get a backflip afterwards. What'd you think? You know, we've struggled so much against Michigan State the last decade or so that I'm really happy with the win. What I took from it is that Harbaugh can try to instill his players with the sense that every game is just another game and they don't see the color of the jersey, but he doesn't write the script for the other team. What I took, what I took away from this is that that was probably Michigan State's best game of the year. And you really have to give them credit for a season that is swirling down the drain. They put a stake in the ground and said that, you know, this rivalry is still alive. And I, I, you know, again, I'm I'm hardly a D'Antonio fan. I'm hardly a Spartan fan. But and, and I generally resist the whole sense of a moral victory. But yesterday was a moral victory. I mean, to be yeah. to be in the closing minutes um, when they had been on the ropes, you know, to be in the closing minutes with with a fighting chance um, said something about the, the the character of the team. Said something about um, what this rivalry means. And uh, again, I, I, I'm frustrated in that Michigan State really dictated that game. That was not a, you know, I, I really expected Michigan to come out in the third quarter and take control. Because if you look back, Michigan State traditionally, or I should say this year, has played tough in the first half and things have gone south in the second half. So I, right. I, I thought with the way the second quarter ended, Michigan was going to come back in the third quarter and just, you know, pull away. And Me too. I had a, I had a happy half anticipating what they do when they get the ball in the second half. And, of course, the interception by State ended that. That's exactly right. He had the interception. 
Um, which, you know, Spade has been playing with fire at times this year, and it, it you know, caught up with him. Um, you know, we'd be remiss. As much as I kind of struggled with the defense that stand to keep the Spartans from scoring a touchdown, ultimately was was huge. I mean, and again, yeah. it, it just... You can thank Antonio for part of that, though, because if he called different plays, it might have gone in. If they'd rolled the quarterback out and had a run-pass option on that and went for a corner, uh, they'd have found everybody bunched in the middle. So I thought he, I thought he made a stubborn and foolish effort there, but it was a magnificent stand by that defense. That's what you want them to do. They lived up to it, and uh, it worked out great for the, for the good guys. Yeah, and you know, we can talk what-ifs and, and, and that, but they can only play against the plays that were ran. Um, I, again, I, I agree with you. I was really surprised. Uh, you know, they just kept running the same play over and over again, um, which on one hand, you know, you, you want to dictate your will. You know, the thing that I saw in that was that what Michigan State did versus Michigan that, that – teams hadn't been able to do all year is they were able to stretch the field vertically and what you saw is when the, when the, when the field was stretched vertically, they actually were running the ball and, and doing it pretty well. But you know, in some ways it kind of reminded me of, of the Michigan offense under Rick Rodriguez when they would get, the closer they got to the goal, the less field they had to work with, the less efficient they got. And it was kind of, it was kind of interesting to see that you know they could they the success they had early, and uh, you know you, you know there's the old bend not break, and that's kind of what what we saw. You know again, I, I think the the disappointing thing for me is that the offense really couldn't get in gear against a a Spartan squad that is not the defensive. Uh, uh, you know does not have the strength defensively that they've had in past seasons. But you know what. Well, the record shows that Michigan State is not a good football team. And I thought both the offense and the defense should have done better against them. Uh, Michigan State, I think, outgained them by a cad on the ground. That shouldn't happen. Yeah, so again, it was, uh, you know, surprising. Um, I think that's that's fair. Um and again, I think that again I keep coming back to you that Harbaugh can say that it's it's just another game, but that's not another game. And no, it's not. and it, it may be just another game for Michigan, but it was not just another game for Michigan State. And never is. And, and as much as that kind of put the uh, you know put the kibosh on their season this year, I mean they they definitely can look at that and say you know. The gap between the programs, at least on the scoreboard, is not that far apart. Now, you know, you had another game where Jabril was all over the place. Um, you know, you had another game that uh, I thought, you know, the, the passing attack looked good. You know, one thing that I noticed is it seems like that Spate does not have the accuracy slash strength to throw to his left side 
Um, and I, I, I went back and watched the game again. I, I noticed it when I was watching it, and someone else mentioned it to me. And you know, there was a there were there was a drive where they kept trying to hit the left corner of the end zone, and it was a really slow developing play. And, and I was just I was kind of surprised. Um, you know, he's he's had a good touch at times. I don't think yesterday. I think and I think it's safe to say I don't think this is a big declaration. I don't think yesterday was one of his better games. Um, he really seemed to be gutting it out. Um, and, and again, the big thing is that Michigan State just just you know sucked the clock down. I mean, Michigan did not get the the number of 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 reps. Um, and, and Michigan played into that by running a lot. You know, we had four or five guys let's run the talk, ball. Let's talk a little about what State did right though. That play where he threw that pass to Darbo after evading the rush in the pocket and he got that out of there and it put it exactly where Darbo could handle it. Uh, that was a beautiful play. So he did, he had, among the bad ones, he had some good ones and he got over 200 yards passing, didn't he? I can't remember the exact number, but he had plenty of yardage. So it wasn't all bad for him. He's just like the rest of the team. You just can't classify where they really are. We still don't know, really, how good Michigan really is and how good they'll do against a real good team. I guess guess we're going to find out against Ohio State, which had their troubles with Northwestern, which made me very happy. You know, one of the things I noticed during the game was that Delano Hill was right in the middle of it. And, you know, I... I when I've always said when you're watching games, when you have your quarterbacks making um, a good percentage of tackles, that's sometimes a really bad thing because that means it's downfield usually, you know, unless unless they're up in press. And I really thought that they targeted, um, you know, Delano, and, and he had a good game. We had 11 tackles, but again, a lot of it was downfield. Um, it, it seemed that they were definitely trying to, to stay away from, from Jordan Lewis and, and Jabril um, as much as you can stay away from Jabril. I mean, Jabril is all over the field. Um, you know, and again, when you look that, at the stats... That was, that was, that was a pass interference at the officiating crew, I thought. And Delano, wasn't it Delano that got the unsportsmanlike penalty that killed the a little bit there at yeah, one and, time, and, but and you know what's funny? And, you know, and, and that's exactly the point, Andy. You know, when I was there, in real time, it looked like a really cheap shot. And then when you watch the replay, um, you could see. You could see that. It's now, but, but what do they tell you? They tell you it's the retaliation is what the refs see. I mean, almost that's always. Right. And again, you look at that where they were going to be fourth and long and probably punting again, and they ended up putting together a really nice drive and staying alive. And and that's the kind of thing that you know good defenses don't do that. Um, you know they they had a chance to drop the hammer on them and and they kept them alive. And, and the Michigan State's credit, they took they took advantage of it. Um, now I will tell you, being at the stadium, there were a lot of empty seats. And, um, you know, this wasn't uh, a late-arriving crowd, you know, like it sometimes happens in the student section at Michigan. This was, um, you know, one, one, 
one sideline in the upper deck, there was a, a, a good quarter, half section empty. So, um, you know, definitely surprising um, considering the, you know, we talk about rivalry. The weather was really nice. You know, the, the, it, was, it was a relatively warm day. It was in the mid-60s. So, you know, they can't say that it was the weather that did it. There's definitely a, a lack of enthusiasm among the Spartan faithful. And, you know, you got to be surprised. You got to be kind of surprised because really they put together in the end a pretty good game. Um, when it was when it was close, Michigan just couldn't put it away. And, uh, you know, it would be interesting well, to see. Well, it, it, it worried me that Michigan's defense, again, when they get when they get a quarterback that's got wheels plus an arm, they have trouble all the time. And I'm not sure that how good Don Brown teams are really going to be against a good spread offense like Ohio State has got. And that's worried me for some time because they didn't shut them down late. I don't know who was playing, though. I, I don't know if they had, I don't think they had the first string defense in at that time, did they? Uh, they, you know, they, the they were always mixing guys through. And again, that's yeah, one of the things that tell. they say. I mean, that, you know, what do you call, yeah. I mean, again, if they... You know, they say they're they're rotating multiple you know linebackers and multiple linemen. Yeah. So I, I that's not an excuse. Uh, you know, the funny yeah. thing is, you know, you talked about. I thought D'Antonio screwed up twice. Um, you yeah, know, before before halftime, he called those timeouts that that saved time on the clock, and then called that crazy throw downfield. That really, if Michigan had been able to convert to a touchdown rather than a field goal, that that might have been it right there. But I remember thinking at the time, just that was really kind of a, you know, a, a questionable sequence of, of decisions on his part. And then, I mean, on one hand, it doesn't matter because really the game's over. Okay, at the end of the game, there's one second on the clock. They were going to need to, you know, you can't take possession of of a of a of a kick, you know, and advance it. So what they were going to have to do was basically kick it down the field and take possession of the ball in the end zone. They have any chance in one second. So you're talking about an onside kick that you're going to have to do some crazy, crazy stuff, you know. So so the game was over. Um, I kind of looked at it minimally as okay, they're gonna they're gonna go for two and, and get some practice going for two. And, you know, while they were going for two, maybe that was giving them time to, to kind of draft out or, or, or figure out what they were going to try to do on the onside kick. And that's really what I thought it was. I thought it was a delay. You know, here, if you just kick, you got to hurry up and do the onside kick, you know, if you do the point after. So I kind of thought, okay, obviously there's somebody, you know, with a, with a whiteboard somewhere scrambling what they're going to try to do. Well, the funny thing was is that they line up, Michigan call you know Michigan sees what they're doing. Michigan calls a timeout and stacks that side of the of the field. And I just I just thought it was it was uh, you know again stupid on their part to run that play. Um, you know if you look Michigan had the uh, had the cavalry in there on that side, and uh, Jabril had a had a had a convoy with him uh, until he you know he blew by them, but. You know, I, I just, I'm really puzzled. Um, D'Antoni is usually better than that. 
And it's just two well, of I those so two too. instances. I think, it's the, I think it's one of the worst games I've seen in coach, and I thought he did another thing, too. I didn't understand his quarterback rotation. He started off with O'Connor. And O'Connor, uh, after the first drive, was all on the ground. He didn't throw very well, didn't get many passes completed. And then he went to his third-string quarterback, and I can't remember the kid's name. And then after that, he went to his second quarterback, which was Lewicki, and he's the one that turned out to be the best of the bunch against Michigan on that particular day in that particular situation. So I don't understand how he used his quarterback. You'd think he would have used them one, two, three. But he'd have gone to Lewicki and a little motion, a little spread, a little better passing arm earlier, you might have seen Michigan get crowded a little more. But, uh, you know, he's in no danger. He's going to stay there unless somebody else buys him away. He's not paid very much. He's not paid nearly what Harbaugh is. And everybody I know from there has been hopping on the Harbaugh salary thing lately. Uh, you know, where do you get that money? Ain't it awful? Sort of thing. Well, I'm you know, perfectly happy. Have, about that. I, so I got to give you a story. So I'm riding up the elevator in the press box at Michigan State, and and again, it's a small elevator, but uh, you know, it, it, they pack everybody in because you're the same elevator takes like fans to the multi level suite holders and press, right? So it's the, it's uh-huh. a standard deal that they that they smush you in. So they smush us in there. And not my complaint, you know, the, the, the attendant there was really nice, he apologized, and he looked at me and he said, well, he goes, sorry that you're so crunched in there, he goes, I don't know what the elevators are like at your place, and I look at him, and without missing a beat, I said, well, it's just like our stadium, it's a little bigger. <laughs> so, I, I couldn't resist. Uh you know, and again, he you know he he just laughed, and again, it was it was one of those it was a funny moment. It was just I you know because honest, our, our our elevators are bigger. Um, so um, I, I again, in the people I talked to, most of the Spartans were pretty happy with with the showing. Um, I think they were as surprised as we were. Again, you know, it, it's funny because I've seen things in the media where. You know, there's kind of a, a, a whining about Michigan fans being dissatisfied. And, you know, it's funny because uh-huh. Harbaugh himself talks about wanting to get better every game. So, you know, this is this is what comes with the territory. You know, I, I believe, this is my belief in having watched him over these two years, I don't think he was happy with the game. Okay. And, of course, he said everything was spectacular. He, he always says everything is spectacular. But um, and you've seen this, Andy, where he gets a little short with answers when he's a little mm-hmm. he's a little snarky. He was a little snarky yesterday, and yeah. I don't mean that in a bad he, sense. He, I'm just saying that we got the, the same way tomorrow. We got short answer Harbaugh yesterday, and um, you know, it, it, again, he was he when you see him like that, it is what it is. You know, his job is to win football games. They won the football game, and. Um, Michigan State can claim a moral victory. I will let them have moral victories till the cows come home. Um, there, there's my Michigan State slam for the for the podcast. Um, and uh, you know, I, I'm always I, I'm always amazed when I drive up there, Andy, at at how much trouble uh, you have navigating with a relatively small crowd. 
and how well Michigan handles it. Handles, you know, another thirty or forty thousand fans. Um, it's just, it really, I, I really, you know, there's always trouble, you know, getting directed to the right parking garage and the right pass. Everybody was really nice, but it's amazing how what a snarl, you know, they have. Um, you know, and again, I haven't heard any couch count. Have you? No, you know, I, I was, heard I was really surprised. Flames. I didn't see any on fire. You know, maybe they have, uh, maybe they, you know, had some kind of program where they collected couches, you know, in advance of the game. It's it's a wonderful victory, but the tinge of disappointment that many Michigan fans feel, or at least I feel, is that I expected to go into that seeing the number one defense in the country. And we didn't see it. It's a good defense. It may even be a top 10 defense in that particular game. But they didn't show themselves to be the number one defense in the country against well, a weaker Michigan State Well, Andy, team. you know what we did see? And this was the first time this year that it really stood out. Is I thought the tackling was really poor. Oh, I know it was, yeah. Uh, Shriveling this one. An open field tackle. He had. The, he's on the guy. He's on the guy, and he gets shook off. And the guy runs. You know, the guy went for the TD. So the all of them, the linebackers didn't play as well either. I thought this time. So we'll see. They'll have them spruced up by next week, and I think they'll call Maryland. Although Maryland may give them some trouble because Birkin knows every inside and out. The rest. Uh, I think you made a good point. Michigan might have been ranked the number one defense in a lot of categories. I don't know how yeah. good they are. I mean, again, uh, you know, they're when I say that, I mean, I, I mean, they're good. Are they great? And I think that's the thing that I that I struggle with is that, you know, yeah, that's Don, what we're talking about. You know, Don Brown likes to do this, you know, blitzing all over the place. And what Michigan State did is they went power. They went, we're going here, we're blocking here, and and again, um, that ran uh, right at Pepper. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. And it's funny because at the beginning of the season, that was one of the concerns: is you know Peppers is is an incredible athlete, but he's not a big bulky linebacker. And if you okay. if you put a big body on him or two, you can push him out of the way. And it was interesting because, like I said, what they did is they kind of stretched things vertically and, and just ran power. And, you know, you have, to, you have to honor it. So I guess my question with the defense is this. Okay, I, you give me Jabril Peppers. You give me Jordan Lewis. Um, you know what? You give me Delano Hill. I, I, can, I can put the guys up there. I can arrange them, and, and we'd have a pretty good defense. Because, you know, again, the athletes are so good. The question is, are they super good because they have really great athletes and their coach is really good, or you know how much of it is scheme and leadership and the coaching, and how much it is how much of it is they just got great horses back there, and I, and I don't know that yet. I don't know. I will tell you one you gotta, thing. You got you know, I'll the tell you one thing. Many of these same players played for home teams that weren't as good on defense. So uh, I think there is, I think that Brown and the rest of them in Madison are contributing heavily to it, but they just aren't, they were selling us that they're the greatest 
you know, in college football, defensive line and so forth, and they just didn't show it Saturday. And one has to wonder why. They had every opportunity to whip a second-rate Big Ten football team, and they couldn't do it. And what that means for the future is that we still don't know just how good they can be. I will tell you what, Andy, that I, walking off the field, okay, um, you know, the the way that they corral you off the field, um, you, you ended up, I ended up walking in a group with some Michigan State coaches. And there was some griping, okay? And, you know, and again, they're not hiding it. You know, you're, you're hearing this as you're walking through. And there was some griping about that that Michigan isn't that good and they're going to get beat by 20 by Ohio State. And I kind of, I kind of, you know, laughed. Um, but, again, we'll see. I did, too. You know, again, there was definitely some... Some whining on the, you know. And, and again, boy, you know, I feel better. But you, I you feel know. better about this season than I have about any season that I can remember here. Rodriguez, Hulk, or uh, Highball's first season. They're in better shape than they have been in a long while. The future is looking bright for them. And this season is really sprucing up to be something. So we're on good land. It's just that we wonder how rough the seeds are going to get and whether Michigan will be able to steer the ship through them. I don't know if they will or not. But And, and I thought by now we'd have concrete answers, but I guess there aren't any. we got to wait and see. Well, you know what they are? They're undefeated. And, That's right. That's wonderful. you got to take that. We will take that. And uh, it's interesting because um, I, I think when we... You know, talked about the season, okay? When we yeah. talked about the season, we said the two toughest games would be Michigan State and Ohio State, and um, with Wisconsin kind of as an outlier. Well, you know what? It's it's shaped up exactly as we thought, and now yeah. the question is, you know, the, the, with Ohio State's loss to Penn State. The path is clear to Indianapolis. You got some tough games ahead, like you said. You got Maryland, who's going to know everything about Michigan's, you know, Michigan's personnel. Yeah. You have Iowa. Iowa. You know, you have Indiana, which is better than expected, and you have, you know, the Buckeyes in Columbus. But I got to tell you, this season right now, I, you know what? I'd rather be undefeated with with concerns. Than uh, you know, absolutely a two or three lost team surging. We're right now we're in the catbird seat in the Big Ten, and that's something that we haven't seen for a long time. All right, well, that's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Andy Anderson. Go Blue.